Okay, good morning everyone. Uh, everybody has a prayer book? we are going to actually start with uh, yeah the three principal paths the actual um, book itself we finished the uh, the forward I hope you learned a lot from the forward. More like uh, at least a, just a little bit of the cultural context. Now we're going to get into the, the meat of the matter. Okay. Right, so uh, can, I get a, can I get one of those prayer books? Are there any more? <laughs> Thank you. Let's start with uh, page three, the essence of the perfection of wisdom, Heart Sutra. <clears throat> I recite it more with a, uh, as much as you can try to understand, but uh, mostly with a sense of devotion, a sense of uh, petition. I prostrate to the mother of the conquerors of the three times, that perfection of wisdom, indescribable by words or thoughts, which does not arise and does not cease, in nature like space, whose objects belong to the individual subject's awareness. I prostrate to the exalted three jewels. The Buddha was residing in Rajakriha at Voltapik, together with a great assembly of monks and a great assembly of bodhisattvas. At that time, from among the variety of possible meditation objects, the Bhagawan was residing in a samadhi called profound obedience. Also at that time, the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, was investigating the practice of the profound, perceiving that even those five heaps are empty of inherent nature. Then, by the power of the Buddha, the Venerable Shariputra inquired of the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, how should any son of the lineage train who wishes to engage in the practice of the profound perfection of wisdom? The Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara then declared to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, any son or daughter of the lineage 
who wishes to engage in the practice of the profound perfection of wisdom should view all things thus. Even those five skandhas should be regarded as being in essence utterly empty of inherent nature. Form is empty. Its emptiness is form. Emptiness is not something other than its form. Form also is not something other than its emptiness. In this way, way, feeling and discrimination and composition of factors and consciousness are empty. Thus, Koshara the native entities is emptiness. They have no characteristics, they do not arise, they do not perish. They have no impurity, they are free from impurity. They do not diminish, nor do they increase. Because of that, O Shadiputra, in emptiness there is no form, there is no feeling, there is no discrimination, there are no compositional factors, there is no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no visible forms, no sound, no scent, no taste, no tangible object, no object of mind consciousness. There is also no eye constituent, no mind constituent, up to no mind consciousness constituent. There is no ignorance, no termination of ignorance, up to no aging and death, nor any termination of aging and death. Similarly, there is no suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation of suffering, and no path. There is no ultimate wisdom, there is no attainment, and there is no lack of attainment. Because of that, Bhushariputra, since there is no attainment, Bodhisattvas abide in reliance upon the perfection of wisdom. Because they abide thus, their minds have no obscuration, and they have no fear. Having completely passed beyond error, they arrived at ultimate nirvana. All the Buddhas who abide in the three times also fully awaken to the highest the completely perfect enlightenment, the reliance on the perfection of wisdom. Therefore, the mantra of the perfection of wisdom, the mantra of vast awareness, the highest mantra, the mantra that is equal to that which has no equal, the mantra that pacifies all suffering, because it is not false, because it is to be true. The mantra of perfection of wisdom is proclaimed. Kadiyata, Gatte, Gatte, Paragatte, Parasam Gatte, Bodhisvaha. O Shariputra, a Bodhisattva, a great Bodhisattva, should train thus in the profound perfection of wisdom. Thereupon, the Buddha Bhagavan emerged from that Samadhi and declared to the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, that he had spoken well. Well said, well said, O son of the lineage. It is just that, just as you have thought, so should one practice the profound perfection of wisdom. Not only I, but all the other Tathagatas rejoice as well. When the Bhagavan had thus spoken, the Venerable Shariputra and the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, together with the entire assembly as well as the rest of the world, comprised of gods, humans, demigods, and spirits, filled with joy, 
highly praised what the Buddha had taught. So we now into the three principal paths, main Remember when we were reading the the Heart Sutra? Uh, it began as a conversation between uh, the let me read it. The Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, along with uh, the venerable Shariputra, uh, instigated by the Buddha, s- sending the Shariputra to go ask uh, the, the, great, the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, uh, 
uh, how should someone who decided to be a uh, perfectly enlightened Buddha help uh, practice so that they can become a fully enlightened Buddha? How do they do that? So, uh, so Avalokiteshvara answered Asariputra, and the answer was this: uh, was this? Uh, was was this? Was became the Hot Sutra. So if that didn't help you much, so what we are about to read here is supposed to help you a little bit more. Okay. So, <laughs> so how should someone who wishes to become a fully enlightened Buddha for the sake of all beings, how should they practice? So the answer is in this, in this few pages. Uh, so as, as we are reading and listening to it, listen to it with you know, looking for those hints. Don't uh, listen to it in such a way that you don't allow any hint to pass through the ears uh, without catching it. Okay. Well, we'll begin even with the very title, the uh, invisible page 26 and page 27. <laughs> the page number is not written there. Okay, page 27. Right. What should be page 27? Yep. The three principal paths. Herein, kept, is the key that unlocks the door to the noble path, a record that was made when teaching on the three principal paths, were imparted by the glorious Pabonka Rinpoche, the holder of the diamond. Okay. Mm. So this, the, the, the three principal paths here is a re- uh, is not the actual work that the that that uh, Pablo, that uh, Jason Kappa wrote. It's a commentary on that work by Pabon Karimpoche, and one of his students recorded it. So you could say this is a transcription of that teaching. And here is Jason uh, Kappa himself his own writing on the next page, page, uh, what should be 28. Namo Guru Manjigoshaya. I bow to the master of wisdom, whose name is Gentle Voice. I bow first to my teacher, who out of unmatched kindness masquerades in the saffron robe, though in truth is the secret three of every victor, Next, I pledge, I'll try to write here some brief notes in explanation of the verses taught by a gentle voice himself, the three principal paths. Now, another layer of uh, mystery is revealed. The translation of this book was my teacher. <laughs> the actual work itself that was translated is a teaching given by Paboka Rinpoche, commenting on Jason Kappa's work, and you hear Jason Kappa is saying the teaching was you receive it directly from gentle voice. Who's gentle voice? Manjushri. That's uh, the the translation of the the word Manjushri. Okay, gentle voice. I guess here, uh, uh, just like the Tibetans uh, translated the word Manjushri into Tibetan Jambeyang. So here they're doing the same, uh, doing the same thing here. 
It's uh, Gisha Mike. Well, he wasn't quite Gisha yet, but Michael Roach was uh, helping me with, with, with this translation. Okay. Ah, now, Namo Guru Manjagosha. Usually, when the Tibetans are translating a work that came from India, they would begin it with uh, the, the title in, 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 in uh, Sanskrit. But this is not a work that. Jason Kappa is commenting on that came from uh, that came from India. It's something that he composed himself, inspired or under dictation uh, of Manjushri. So why is he starting here? In usually, they start in in Sanskrit, sort of pay homage to those to, to the Indian pundits who who brought uh, Buddhism to Tibet. And here, Jason Kappa is beginning with Sanskrit, Namo Guru Manjugoshaya. And then uh, he translated it, and the translation is Abal to the Master of Wisdom, whose name is Gentle Voice. Now the, the Master of Wisdom is not necessarily there, but just a little uh, description of who, who is Manjugosha. And, he's, and he here is uh, is describing. He said, "I'm I bow to my teacher, Manjugosha, Manjushri." And then he and then he goes and says, "I bow first to my teacher, who, out of unmatched kindness, masquerades in the saffron robe. The saffron robe is uh, uh, the, the robes of an ordained person. Though in truth, it is the secret three of every victor." The secret three that is referring to here are uh, body, speech, and mind. Okay. And why are they the? Why, why is it secret three of every victor? The secret three. And every victor here, victor is just another name, another epithet for a Buddha. So he is the body, speech, and mind of every victor. He is the body speech and mind of every victor, of every Buddha. So our teacher, our teacher should be considered the same as the Buddha. Yeah, the same as the Buddha. But not just the Buddha in, 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 the, in the sense of the historical Buddha, but all Buddhas. And uh, of course, Babon Kanembache is going to go into explanation about this. But before we even go into Pabunka's explanation of this. How do you take it when you hear? Here is uh, Jason Gaba talking about his teacher, and he said, "My teacher is this is the body, speech, and mind of every enlightened being." I think you've probably been hearing it so often that you, uh, the the meaning is somewhere in the background of your mind. But if you if, if you're hearing this for the very first time, and you're somebody who you know sees tables and chairs and floors and trees and someone tells you, oh, my teacher, and what's in your mind? Just that, my teacher. What's in your mind? Everything. No, my teacher, just that word. An, an ordinary, you know, an ordinary person sitting there. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, the person who's teaching him, right? And he said, oh, that person, oh, that, that's the body, that's the speech, and that's the mind of every Buddha. And you just accept it, right? Oh yeah, that's the body of everybody. Every Buddha that ever existed, that's their body over there. And when he's speaking... Not initially, 
<laughs> okay, how do you take it? Yeah, initially, how do you take it? A little strange. A little strange. Okay, good. It should be strange. Because it is strange. <laughs> and I uh, said, next I'll pledge, I'll try to write here some brief notes in explanation of the verses taught by Gender Voice himself. All right, so now we're going to go into the preliminaries, which is Pabon Karimpoche's own, so to speak, uh, uh, introduction. <laughs> okay? We read my teacher's introduction in translating it, now Pabon Karimpoche's introduction. Uh, okay. Now there was a Lama who was the very image of all the knowledge, love and power of every single one of the absolute myriad of Buddhas, all in one person. Even for those who had never met him, he was the single greatest friend that any of them, high or noble, could ever hope to find, to have. He stood at the center of our universe, the Holy Lama, one and only protector of all around him, in these degenerate days. He was the great holder of the diamond, Pabon Karimbache, whose kindness knew no match, and from his holiest lips he spoke a teaching. Hmm. Now we have uh, two people who are the body, speech and mind of every Buddha, the teacher of Jesongkapa, uh, and then the teacher of uh, the person who, who was taking the notes. Who was taking the notes for this? This would, be, this would have been Trijang, right? Not, not uh, no, not Trijang. It was someone else who actually uh, transcribed this, this teaching. I think uh, we read it in the, in the foreword. Well, it wasn't Trujan Rinpoche. <laughs> yeah. It was someone else. But Trujan Rinpoche was there in, that, in this teaching, when teaching was given. And uh, I'm not sure if... Probably Rinpoche was there also when teaching was given. Okay. 
Right, so he was the great older of the diamond Pabonka Rinpoche, whose kindness knew no match, and from his holiest lips he spoke a teaching. He spoke of the very heart of the steps of Buddhahood, a teaching which is itself the heart of all that is taught by each of every Buddha, of the great, of the past or present or future. He spoke of the three principal paths, the nectar, essence of all the wonderful words ever uttered by the master gentle voice. Over the years, Pabon Karimpoche imparted this profound instruction to us a number of times. He followed the original verses closely and savored the teaching well, wrapping within it every deep and vital point. Fearing we would forget some part, we took down notes and have gathered a number of them together from various sources to make a single work. Okay, here's the story of how this book came into being. Uh, unlike the in, unlike uh, Western tradition, in the specifically in the, in the in the Indian tradition and Buddhist and other tradition, the author of the work writes his or her name at the very in the back. Oh, by the way, this book was written by by a lowly me. My name is such and such and such. I did it, I, I did it because of that and because of this and that reason. And uh, so and so sponsored the first writing of it. Okay. That's how usually you find out who, if, if you're reading a, a text in Tibetan, who wrote it, go in the back. Okay. okay. Uh, here, here again, we are coming across that thing about somebody who was living on this planet, looked just like us, and someone else describing that person and saying, oh, that's the. In this case, it says, the very image of all the knowledge, love, and power of every single one of the absolute myriad of Buddhas, all in one person. And he further describes his com great compassion, his great love, how he loved even those who don't, don't even know him. Yeah. So if we were to take the words of uh, this scribe, this, this, transcript, this transcriber, literally, Pabon Karimboche loved us even though he didn't even though we never met him. Okay. Why learn the three principal paths? He already get, almost gave us the answer already, but he has to go in de into de uh, further details. Okay. The very heart of the steps to Buddhahood. That's what the three principal paths are. So if you have to take every single teaching that every Buddha has ever taught and you combine them into one single teaching, they would, that would become the steps to Buddhahood. And if you have to take that and, and try to see what is the essence of those, that, then you would get the three principal paths. Okay. Pabon Karimpoche opened his teaching with introductory remarks that started off from the from a number of lines by the great Tsongkhapa, king of the Dharma, in all the three realms. The first one read, more than a wishing jewel, this life of opportunity. By using these lines, the Rinpoche was able to tie his opening remarks to the entire path from beginning to end, summarizing a number of important points in brief. These began with the need for us in the audience to truly try to change our hearts and listen to the teaching 
with the purest of motivations. We were to avoid with special care the three famous problems of the pot. Okay. Remember those three famous problems of the pot. And to follow the practice where you use six images for the instruction. Here Pabunka Rinpoche detailed for us the various points. He said, for example, that he spoke first about how we should avoid the problem of being like a dirty pot. Because a good motivation was important, not only for our classroom hours, but essential too for the steps of contemplation and meditation that should follow the initial period of instruction. Yeah. Now, what, uh, you've heard of the three problems of the pot before, right? No. 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So what do you remember? What are the three problems of the pot? A leaky pot? Yeah. Uh, that's one. Yeah, dirty pot. A dirty pot. Um, upside, upside down. Upside down pot. So you, you, so you should be, you know, you are a vessel for the teachings. You're a vessel for what you're about to, 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 to receive. And, and, and what kind of vessel should you not be? You should not be a leaky pot. And that means when you're listening, you should listen attentively and not allow the te- the, what, you're li- what, you're, uh, what you're listening to leak through your mind. So your mind shouldn't be like a leaky pot. Okay. But not only should you uh, not have uh, leaks in your mind, uh, but also the pot itself should, should not be, uh, should not be uh, dirty. So that is, you shouldn't have your own prejudice as to what the teaching is supposed to be. You should lo- or listen to the teaching with an open mind so that you don't mix the teaching that you're receiving with your own prejudices, with your own, perhaps, misunderstandings. Okay. So not to dirty the teaching. And of course, uh, before, before you even plug the pot, uh, uh, clean, uh, clean the pot, the pot must be upside, right side up. It shouldn't be upside down. That is, while you're in the teaching, try to pay attention to what's going on. Okay. Don't, don't have your mind wander off into other places. Okay, so that listening, uh, that, that's avoiding the, the problem of the pot being upside down. Actually allow the teaching to come in. Allow it to come in, allow it to stay, and don't mess it up with, with other understanding that you have. Okay. That's avoiding the problem. As a, and do you remember the, the six images for the instruction? Six images for the instruction. The footnotes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard this. I never Pray that this great love has 
Pray, pray that this great cure for teachings of the Buddha may long remain in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the main thing here is uh, when you're about to go to a teaching, when you're about to go to anyone who's, who's teaching the Dharma, remember the reason why you're going, excuse me, remember the reason why you're going there. You're not going there just because uh, you heard there's a celebrity and you just want to see him, just want to see how good that, that person actually speaks. But you go in there because you have something that you're hoping that through this person you will, you will get resolved. So you think, uh, so when you are, and not only when you're going to a teaching in the sense in the sense of going somewhere, but also when you're picking up a text that's supposed to be that's promising you. You know, in a sense, this book is promising you that it has the solution to all your problems. That's what this book is promising you, and that's why you go into the problem, the trouble of reading it. Because you're wanting to find within here, within these pages, the, the solution to all the problems. And then, if you can, and while you're listening, while you're reading, you should uh, have the, uh, that in the mind that I have, uh, I have the disease of samsara, and I'm hoping that in here is the medicine that will cure me. Okay. So the person who wrote the book or the person who is teaching it is supposed to be a doctor who is administering the medicine. Okay. And so think of yourself that way. And when you do that, uh, and also not just when it has the name, or oh, this is the dharma that I'm giving you, when it has the official name, but whenever you in- encounter, when you're listening to someone, when you're encountering something, try to ha- have it with the approach that there might be something in there of use, of, of use to you. Okay. And it helps you to it helps you to avoid keeping that uh, attitude helps you avoid the problems of the pot because you know we are well trained in being masters of distract being dis- of distracting ourselves we are masters of uh, of uh, bringing our own understanding to a to a to a teaching we are masters of of being you know we are well trained in in, in uh, keeping the pot upside down and all that kind of stuff we are we are masters of that so. We have to keep that in mind and try to, as much as possible, as much as we can, to avoid those problems. Okay? Of course, we will not be able to keep them perfectly, but at least we have to try. We have to have the intention to. Okay? And that will help us get the most that we can from a teaching. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned here somewhat, the th- what, what, I guess, what we in the West we call the three R's. Remember the three R's when you're studying? I hope there are three R's, if I'm remembering correctly. Reading, writing, arithmetic. What? <laughs> Reading, writing, arithmetic. Spell arithmetic with an R. <laughs> Reading. Writing should be W, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, 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 not the main oh, no. subjects. I'm talking about uh, how you should engage the study of something. Oh. Yeah. Not the three main subjects to study. Arts. But how you study? Read is one. Read, remember, remember, remember and review. And review. Oh. <laughs> remember the, you remember those? <laughs> you, never, you never had those? You forgot, no. you forgot them already. <laughs> Read, remember. recite, and review. Never what was that? Repeat. Repeat, yeah. Re- yeah. yeah. Well, read. Review it. Look at the R's. Read, repeat, recite, remember, review. 
Okay. Recycle. Recycle. <laughs> Especially nowadays, right? The green movement. <laughs> we should recycle also. So the somewhat of the the Oz is repeated here is. Uh, so the classroom hours when you're listening, but essential too for the steps of contemplation and meditation. So you should study, contemplate, and meditate. These are the three hours. Tersum, ters, ters, uh, tersum gom. Okay? It's you listen, study, and then you contemplate, you review what, what, you, what you've read or what you've heard, and then you meditate on it so you can get deep understanding of it. So these are the, these are the process of studying. Okay? And you should... So, so after you read something, after you try to contemplate it, review it, and then try to go deeper into it, meditation. Okay. And he said here, before you do any one of those, you should go back to your motivation. Make sure your motivation is the purest that it can be before you start studying, before you start listening. And when you, before you contemplate, start contemplating, make sure your motivation is purest. Before you start meditating on it, of course we already know that we ch- we uh, we correct our motivation every time we try to meditate. Now there is a great highway along which each and every Buddha of the three times travels, and what are the three times? Huh? Past, present, Past. Come on, come on, participate. You already know it. So I'll say it. <laughs> Past, present, and future. And what does that mean? The Buddha of three times travels. See, that's one understanding. Now, what, what is he referring to here? There is a great highway along which each and every Buddha of the three times travels. Means the Buddhas that became Buddhas in the past, or currently, or will be, are all using this path. Yeah. So those who become Buddhas in the past. They read this book. <laughs> so this book has existed since time immemorial, okay? <laughs> the Buddhas, those who want to become Buddhas now, they better get a copy of this book. <laughs> and those who are wishing, those who will become Buddhas in the future, you better make sure that they, you, you know they're going to get a copy of this book. So this book is going to exist in the future, Okay? <laughs> Of course, you know what I mean. So anyone who, and, and I'm going to bring this and make it uh, non-sectarian. Anyone, whatever, you, whatever your tradition, your philosophy refers to as the highest uh, uh, state of evolution for a human being, for a being. In Buddhahood, uh, in, in Buddhism it's called Buddhahood. So whatever else you might want to call it. If you are going to achieve that state, the essence of this teaching is something that th- you must come to know. In whatever way you, you call it in, in your own tradition or in other traditions. The three principal paths, have, that's what you have to come to know. Everything falls into that. The, uh, you've also heard of the 84,000 uh, 84, Dharma, 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 Dharma doors. Dharma doors, okay, something like that. 
So this, it's like uh, the Buddha taught 84,000. It's supposed to be like 84,000 heaps of teachings. Okay? So all these 84,000 heaps of teachings, I don't know exactly who counted them, and came up, I don't know, 93,000, not 83,999, but 84,000. Uh, part of the 84,000 deals with the first, first path. The other part of it deals with the second path. And the other part of it deals with the, the, the third path. So they all summarize, can be summarized into the three principal paths. Okay? And we are going to get into them. But what are they? It is a single guiding lamp for living beings in all three lands. What are, the, what are all these all three lands? There are many ways to, to, to understand the three lands. Well, what one way you can understand the three lands? Now, first I know, I mean, there's supposed to be seven. Uh, uh, Australia, Africa, <laughs> Europe, that's three. The Amer- North America, South America, that's five already. And there's Antarctica. <laughs> They're talking about three lands here. What three lands are they talking referring to? Could be Tibet, India, and everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's how that's that gray area, everywhere else. That's how we should really understand it. As far as where it came from, physic, uh, the idea of lands coming from, right? I mean, if they knew about if in India if they knew about the Americas, that uh, they didn't uh, call it the Americas. Maybe that was a northern continent or something. I don't know. <laughs> So the three lands are, one way of looking at it are the three, we, we talked about it, is the three realms, or the three, what do you call it, the realms, what do you call it? Planes. Planes, okay. The form, the formless, and the desire. So the three lands. But also the three lands could also be referred to as the, the ground, below the ground, and above the ground. Okay, those also are considered the three lands. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Pure. The term "pure realm" itself is not is not part of samsara. A pure realm is a is a realm where beings are already uh, uh, out of samsara. Or also, it has to be part of samsara. Yeah, samsara. The three lands are the three parts of samsara. It is none other than the teaching known as the steps to Buddhahood. Tanata, <laughs> and the heart. The very life of this teaching is the instruction on the three principal paths. We would all like to become Buddhas, so we could help others. But to do so, we have to work to achieve this state. To do this, though, we have to know how. And to know how, we must study the Dharma. The study that we do, moreover, must center on a path that never errs. Now here's a little something there, right? How many people want to become Buddhas? Raise your hands. <laughs> and you want to become Buddhas because? Why do you want to become a Buddha? You're tired of being Samsa? <laughs> you want a different life? <laughs> And to do so, and if you really want to, to become a Buddha, then you have to... And this is something I think... Uh, uh, this guy, uh, I don't know if you know him, Ken Wilber. Who knows Ken Wilber? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Who is he? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. Uh, he's this. Uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, what how to categorize him. He's a spiritual teacher or social teacher or. About yeah, things like that. I mean, he he, 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 I mean, he, he takes teachings from almost everywhere. Right, has to do like psychology. Synthesis yeah, something like a synthesis kind of teaching. And make like something like this, like a laundry. Yeah, yeah, the, something like that, like the, like some, yeah, some sort of um, path. It's not just like. It's kind of like a university sort of thing I think he's trying to do. Like, like. And I, I, I've, I've heard of him, uh, I've, I've been hearing about it, about him for a very long time, and I thought by now he probably was somebody who used to do this, in, you know, like before I was born or something like that. So I thought he died already. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing that he's teaching. I said, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> uh, what did I bring him up for? Uh, something about study that we do must center on a path that never errs. Okay. I'm not saying that what he's saying errs, <laughs> but so, something that he, he said that reminded me of something. Uh, yeah, it is, when it comes to, uh, okay, I want to learn to, uh, to be a musician. I want to learn to become a doctor. I want to learn to, uh, I want to I, I wanna become a doctor. I want to become a carpenter. I want to become a, you know, uh, any skill that you can think of. So, the first thing you, 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 you think it's natural for you to do is to go to someone who, know, who, has, who is already a master of that, who can teach you. You want to learn how to play the guitar? You, you know, you, you don't just go to any, just anybody. You go to somebody who's, who knows how to, who, who plays it well, knows how to play it, and, and, you, and you hope that this person will have the, some sort of motivation to teach you. Not only should they know how to play the guitar, they should have the, the, asp- the desire to teach also how to play the guitar. They could, all, they could know how to play the guitar and I have no desire to teach anybody. Okay. But he said, but, but, but when it comes to spirituality, because, of, because we understand it to be somehow ingrained in our nature, that we're, we're supposed to be naturally spiritual, that... Um, sometimes we don't consider it to be something that we should necessarily go and learn from someone. Uh, uh, sometimes we think that it's something that we should uh, uh, do on our own, so to speak. Like, you know, start from the beginning and then get, our, get ourselves to Buddhahood on our own. Uh, and, and I, think, or I think it has to do with somehow we have this, uh, this sense or this image in our mind of this exalted state. And we go around, we don't see, so, I mean, we go around, we, we can sort of uh, see, we go to a hospital, we'll see that there are, we see doctors at work. We go to a construction site, we see uh, carpenters at work. We go to a concert, we'll see... Uh, um, guitar players and musicians at work and we can sort of see with our eyes and listen and see oh that person is good at, at doing that that person is good at doing that but you can't really there isn't really a place for you to go and see oh okay who's mastered the spiritual path and then see them working and say oh, okay that person has mastered the spiritual path then I'll go learn from them 
because it is somewhat uh, 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 finding someone like like that is is not as easy as finding uh, you know somebody who plays the guitar well. Okay. So, uh, and because of that, there might be a little bit of, of a doubt as to this object of aspiration that I have probably doesn't exist. Probably there is nobody who has actually achieved that exalted state. Maybe just me not being able to cope with, 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 with what's going on in the world. And I'm, in my mind, I'm creating this fantasy of a world, this fantasy of an existence. Okay. And we uh, perhaps find a sense of uh, a bit of insanity, so to speak. We actually try to achieve it ourselves. So we think that, okay, well, uh, what should I do? I should be a good person. Okay, try to be a good person as you can. Try to, and you, so you try on our own to do things that we think will get us there. But unfortunately, uh, we, we, we don't see ourselves getting either as, to getting there as fast as we should, or we don't see ourselves getting there uh, uh, as close as we would like to get there to, uh, get, to get to that. So we start now reading books. And there's a sense of humility, I think, with a uh, natural sense of humility, where we think that, I don't know, this person might know, so I'll just follow whatever this person says. And we, in that sense, we disregard our own uh, common sense. Like if you go to this guy who's teaching you how to play the guitar, if he's messing up, you're going to say, well, this guy doesn't know how to play it well. We're not going to fantasize about, well, he's really playing it well, I just don't know what good music is. And I'm just, uh, I have to train myself to play music well. I have to train myself to understand real good music so I can really, now this thing that sounds like crap, uh, one day I'll be able to see it as the greatest uh, composition ever. Okay? Uh, we sort of lose our common sense as far as the spiritual path is concerned. We may see the, the person that we, we go to and see that person is a, we say to ourselves, well, I don't really know, this person will, will, will know. And then uh, this person is messing up, and then we, t- we force, force ourselves to say, well, th- I really don't know much, even though what this person is offering me is crappy spirituality, but uh, one day I'll be ha- advanced enough to see uh, the, the, the master, uh, how he's such a master, uh, such a skillful master. Okay? This is high spirituality, complicated, so I don't understand right now. Uh, that's why I, I'm seeing it right now as crap. Okay? Uh, but, but see, but then I think last week you were saying something like the opposite, which is you're trying to see this person, you're trying to see a person as a Buddha that's helpful for you, yep. and you try to disregard their faults. Uh, not in the same way. Behavior. You see their faults. See you see it. it. Right, like the person that plays the guitar poorly. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it, it, uh, the person who plays the guitar poorly. Uh, I see. Yeah, the 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 spiritual teacher, uh, you could say, uh, kindness is important in the spiritual path, and this person, even uh, if you were to sneak around, no. <laughs> somehow uh, uh, spy on this person. You see how this person, when he's alone, you know, and he's, there's a bird, the injured bird, he kicks the bird. <laughs> uh, you know, if, uh, when people are around, he's beha- pretending to be kind, pretending to be nice. 
Right. And things like that. Okay? And then he, the person tells you something that just, you know, just makes no sense whatsoever and forces you, you better, you better accept it or you go to hell, something like that. Okay? Uh, but not just uh, the person, but you come up across teachings. You know, and, uh, the way we come across teachings nowadays, uh, not necessarily from a teacher, I think most of us here, the first, uh, our, probably our first exposure to teachings is through a book. You, go to a, you, you, have a, you have an idea about something you want to learn, you go to a library, you go to a bookstore. Now you go online, you go to, to, uh, to your omniscient Google, right? The, or the omniscient uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, that, that's our that's the our, that's our first uh, uh, that's the first thing that we, we go to, right? When we want to learn something, we want to know something, right. right? But not everyone, not everything, not every teaching out there is necessarily something that's going to get you to Buddhahood. Not necessarily something that's going to get you to where you want to get to. Okay, so the, and it says uh, here at the very last, the study must, that we, we have to study something. But what should we study? Not everything that tells you here is the path to to where you want to get to is necessarily is some is a means of that's actually gonna that has the ability to get you there. And how do you decide whether it's gonna get you there or not if you've never been there? Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Ken Wilber. Well, the, the thing about Ken Wilber is that uh, Ken Wilber uh, said something about how uh, there seems to be uh, communication between different, uh, what would you call it, different, different, uh, ah, what's that word? Um, like, Different branches of science are communicating with each other. Biologists are talking with physicists. Physicists are talking with, and they're not, and they're understanding each other. Oh, you are biologists, and this is your worldview. And they don't say, oh, you are wrong. You're completely wrong. And the physicist is saying, this is what it's supposed to be. So the physicists and the biologists are talking with each other. The, uh, the what's what? There's different sciences, not different sciences, different and uh, different fields. You could say there, there. They, under, they, have, they are able to communicate with each other and not, not force their own field up upon the other, saying, like, this is the most important thing. Biology is, no, you shouldn't be doing that. It's, it's not, not relevant to, to human development, things like that. But when it comes to the realm of spirituality, it's very difficult for people to have dialogue. It's very difficult for people to, to see the other as, oh, this is, you are, you are, you are what is it? You are leg- not legitimate. What's that word? Uh-huh. So the same way that the physicists look at the biologists and, and and doesn't say the biologist, you should be you should not be a biologist, you should be a physicist, should get rid of that stupid idea of biology. But in, but in in the world in the realm of spirituality, you find that the, the, hmm? the you find. No, 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 it's not that. You're saying that in society, we are not doing that. We are not doing that. It's not that you find the roots are similar. It's that as far as the, in general, uh, um, okay, I'll bring up, no, uh, in general, uh, uh, a fundamentalist 
whoever goes to cannot cannot see the 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 uh, any relevance or any any worth, any value in 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 the teaching that is uh, that is not theirs. They don't see how that other teaching can be relevant. They don't see how that, that other teaching can be all can be uh, of uh, of benefit to anyone. So they want you to completely disregard it and pick up their own. It's like it would be the same way as the physicists go into the biology and say, drop biology, pick up phys- uh, pick up physics. Yeah. And so in the realm of spirituality, there isn't that. Uh, even though every 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 uh, spiritual tradition is speaking about how we should be together, how we should be communicating, and yet the different ones don't go out of their way to do that. Okay. And, and it's, not like somebody, it's not like it's not our nature to do that. It's happening already. We see a, a lot of communication going on with the different fields, different sciences, but except spirituality. Okay. But in the science realm, you, there's some understanding like, okay, physicists are looking at it from a very microscopic level, and then biologists are looking from a more, somewhat more macro level. They're looking at like big cells and stuff. Mm-hmm. But with spiritual stuff, it's all like, we're all looking, we're, it's like one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not such on a macro level, it's, it's like more like, um, what's the right way of like, the, um, you know, how the world came into being or something. Existences, or different universes, or different uh, different um, different. It's not like we, we are presented with. Oh, look at all these worlds, and then the physicists say, "Okay, I'll look at that world," and the and the biologists say, "Okay, you, while you look at that world, I'll look at this world." They're looking at this, and then the biologists. Uh, while looking at this, sees this is what the biologist sees, and it says that this is important. This is this is worth studying, and the physicist sees something else, looking at the world. So, oh, this is important. Let me look at it. And the physicist speaking to the biologist, and he says, oh, I see what you're doing is important. Oh, this is what I found here, and, and they say, oh, this is what I found here, and then they, and they sort of uh, make a whole list. Uh, a holistic picture together or something. Right. It's still reality. Right. Now, spirituality is looking at, oh, look at the world. There is, there is something, some sense 
that we cannot uh, uh, present to each other, uh, you know, to, with the senses. I cannot take you to a tree, and so you all look at that. Okay, but more there's some inner sense that we have, and we are trying to explore that inner sense that we're calling spirituality. And I would say, this, the Catholic, the the Christian, looking at that sense, come up with this is what this is their discovery, right. and the Buddhist looking at examining that sense, this is their discovery. So when they're talking to each other, they don't see that, oh, uh, this is what you've seen, okay. Uh, uh, I saw this about that. And the, but rather, they, they, uh, we look at it saying, uh, this is it. If, you don't say, if you're not saying what I'm saying, you're, you're, not, looking at what I, you're not looking at the world. You're, you're, you're making what, you, what you're talking about, you're making it up. Yeah, 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 and and it's beautiful that it's happening, and and I hope that in that interspirituality, it's not just because right now uh, you can say in the early infancy, it's more like uh, okay, I don't want this guy to destroy me, so I'm gonna tell this guy I respect you, even though when I go home, <laughs> you wouldn't believe what this guy believes. <laughs> no, it's like like that, but more like you know being. Uh, uh, more like a, for a sense of survival kind of thing. Not really respecting, not really un, uh, uh, respecting the, the other view as having legitimacy of, 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 of existing. But more like, I'm going to let you live so you, can let me, so, you, so you can let me live. But when, when I go home, I completely say, you, this, you, what's wrong with those people? <laughs> to believe such, such things. Okay? But more in a sense of uh, looking at it as we are all looking at the world and we are all trying to understand it. And we're all trying to, trying to get to the meaning of our existence. Even the, 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 the field that we call uh, science is doing the same thing that the spiritual field is doing. And we have to understand that we are all these things that come up uh, 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 sincere findings, okay, mm-hmm. and then try to understand. Oh, this is how this person views this thing that I'm looking at, and and then uh, more. In, I, I think now uh, slowly, maybe uh, the interfaith thing is uh, coming more closer to that, right? and in that way, when they, when they really do that, and then you can say, oh. I never thought about it that way. It seems like you have developed you have developed that point quite well. Let me pick that up mm-hmm. to help me with, with, with where I am. Okay. And uh, uh, it's it's almost like uh, the dialogue that has started with uh, science and and spirituality, uh, where his holiness is is uh, is. Not just looking at science with a sense of, uh, well, this guy has been a very powerful, I better not get in their way, at least I better in, in, in public say, yeah, I, I, I see that they have the, the legitimate right to exist. But to actually look at what they're saying and then see how they can be applied to their own understanding. To the point where now, in a, in a monastery, uh, science is part of the curriculum. Hardcore science is part of the curriculum. Now, 
also math, you see, that, oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's something about learning math that helps us understand what we are trying to understand. So now math is included in the curriculum, something like that. And we're also, uh, in a sense of the, uh, like uh, the Dalai Lama going to the, uh, the Jewish community, trying to understand you here you are you have you, you, you have no land so uh, you are you are not you are uh, a people without a without a country without land for so long and yet you maintain your identity you maintain your tradition how did you do it because we are now faced with the same situation okay so to see that there is something in Judaism that allows a people to keep their tradition even though they are displaced so there's some, there's some valuable lesson there to, to, be, to be picked up by any tradition if they don't have it already. Okay? And also, um, uh, what, I forgot what the Benedictines or the, the contemplative part of, of, uh, of Christianity, I think. I mean, there are many of them, but there's one that, Benedictine, I think, they are, uh, uh, I, came, I came across him, his name is Father... Thomas, something. No, not that. Not not, not, the, not that one. But someone is, is uh, still alive. Is somewhere in the west, somewhere. But I think it's Benedictine. But uh, they go to a Zen temple, learn how to meditate, so they can uh, deepen their understanding of that mystery thing called God. And also, the Dharma talks about how Buddhists, who are supposed to be, especially Mahayana Buddhists, who talks about bodhisattvas and talking about helping, they, they say they have a lot to learn from Christianity as far as actually going and, and hands-on help. Right? The, the, the Christians actually go to different places and actually give help. Okay. Yes, I know about the history, uh, but... <laughs> But the, the, but, uh, the idea of, of uh, not just talking about compassion, not just talking about love and how wonderful it is, but to actually implement it with your own hands. Okay? Not, it shouldn't just be some ideal in your mind. Okay? So in that sense, to see how we're all looking at the same thing, we're all trying to understand the same thing, and, and then give the other the respect that perhaps they've actually discovered something that we didn't discover yet. Something that can be useful to us. Okay. So, um, that's the reason about Ken Wilber, the Ken Wilber thing, is because the Ken Wilber was talking about how in all the fields there's communication, but in the realm of spirituality, you don't see too much, you don't see as much communication. Right? And connecting it with here, with Never Earth, is that, yes, there are many teachings out there, and when you come up with never errs, usually within the realm of spirituality, when it says never errs, it says, we don't err. Yeah. You want to know who errs? The other guy. The other guy. <laughs> In a way of saying, uh, you, you want to be a Kamabuddha? You want to reach a highest state of evolution? Here it is. Right here. And by the way, this one works. I'm not saying anything about the other ones. I'm saying this one doesn't err, okay? <laughs> right? Uh, so keep... keep uh, uh, when I... Uh, 
one of the things that I, I like to um, some of the things I like to communicate is when you find something that is uh, that strike a chord with you at, with at the depth of your being and then unfortunately we have to give things names so don't get caught up with the names that we give things okay Buddha Buddhahood the path if you um, meet someone who is not a Buddhist who's a, who's a devoted whatever else and, and sincerely ask you a question about something that you, through your own investigation, have already discovered. You don't have to say, oh, you have to pick up the three jewels. But you can explain it to them in such a way that they can pick it up without feeling that they are, oh, if I, if, if I have to pick up this up, I have to give up being a good whatever to do so. And his, to, to finish it up, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little story that happened to me while I was on the ferry on the way home. Uh, uh, I was, uh, I was, I guess it was a Sunday. I was coming from here, and I had my robes on. And uh, this gentleman came up to me and said, "Oh, you're a Buddhist monk." I said, "Yes, I'm a Buddhist monk." So oh, that's very nice. You know, they said the Buddhists. You know, what I love about them is that uh, I've never heard of any war that was that was uh, motivated by uh, uh, with the intention that in the name of the Buddha we we, we declare this war. Okay. And he said, that's one of the, the wonderful thing. They're very peaceful people. And he said, I've studied all... Uh, uh, my mother encouraged me to study all, all the religions because uh, they all have, they're all legitimate. He said, I'm Pakistan, and I'm, I'm, from, uh, I'm from Pakistan. I'm a Muslim. And uh, even... Even though he was saying all this, which was wonderful to hear, but there was still this one thing that he, last thing that he said, he was talking about. He said, uh, do, you, do you burn your, when you die, do you, when, when, when someone dies in your religion, do you burn the body or do you bury it? I said, mostly we, 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 we burn it, but everybody's free to do whatever they want. And he said, uh, and he gave me the story about how After there will there will come a time there will be the judgment day, and everyone will be uh, will be uh, brought up for judgment. And he said all the bodies that were buried they will be will come back to life, and then they will be judged. But if you burn the body, there won't be anybody to come to come to life. And he said I studied uh, uh, Buddhism. I think. The Buddha didn't burn his body. I think he buried it. So I, I didn't say anything. I just left it like that. I, I, I say was I think I think it was I. I, liked, oh, I told him I think he burned it. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can see the beginning of, of of understanding from him. But at the same time, there was a sense of. But if you really want it, you have to come to me. If you really want the goal, you have to come to you have to come to us. You have to uh, uh, you have to adopt the things that we have adopted. You must in this case, you mustn't burn bodies. You mustn't you mustn't do cremation. You must bury them because at the end, 
when the judgment comes, the body's gonna, the, the, they'll need to, you know, the whoever's gonna uh, resuscitate the body's gonna need the bodies to resuscitate. No, I didn't go into that about <laughs> about, about bodies necess- naturally become ashes anyway. But <laughs> but, and, uh, but it was beautiful to, to to at least to see that there is that in his mind. That okay. So we'll end here. And and as we were reading, for example, uh, you notice uh, there are mentions of terms that, from the author's point of view, you already knew. Like he said, "Oh, the three problems of the pot," and he went on talking without explaining it. Okay. So if if when you come across things things like that, don't be afraid to ask, uh, even if you uh, if you just want to. A review of it, probably uh, you haven't heard it for so. It's been such a long time. You've heard, you've heard it. You want to review it. So, what were they again? They start with, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> Sangye Shintu Mitte Bhavai Dragu Namda Shinla Chavasho Idam Guru Ratnamantalakam Niryatayami Oh, sorry. Um, the second time. We're not supposed to do the Idam Guru yet after we do the, <laughs> the English. Here is a ground anointed with incense and flowers strewn, with its Mount Meru adorned by four continents, the sun and moon. Visualized as a Buddha field, I offer it to the merit field. May all beings partake of a supremely pure Buddha field. Itam Guru Ratnamantalaka Niyatayami. Hello. You're here for the meditation? Yeah, we will start in about 20 minutes or so. Okay, <laughs> but you can hang out. We're closing this one. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. <laughs> Sadam Yeshe Zachungwe Damba Kunyetoba By this virtue, may all beings perfect the accumulations of merit and wisdom and achieve the two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. As I, I said, I sort of mentioned. Uh, Okay, from Christianity, there's this thing, from 
Judaism, there was this thing. I guess I have to mention, uh, uh, sort of start the ball rolling, so to speak, from what could we learn from Islam? I guess the sense of, uh, the, the one of the things I, uh, you hear about in Islam is that uh, it's not just it's not just spirituality. It's it's not just uh, something that covers only a section of your life. It it covers your entire life. So we can understand our spirituality, have that understanding, keep that understanding that spirituality is is for our entire existence, our life. It's not just when you go listen to a teaching, then you're being spiritual, or then you're doing dharma. Buddhist uh, refers to it that way. It's not just when you're sitting down in the morning doing your meditation, that's when you're doing Dhamma. When you're eating, you're doing Dhamma. When you're engaging with others, you're doing Dhamma. Everything that you're doing, you're supposed to be, it's supposed to be infused with spirituality, with Dhamma. Okay. So we'll uh, resume in about 20 minutes or so for the meditation. <laughs>